This is Viterbi Voices. Coming to you from the University of Southern California, Viterbi School of Engineering. We're here to give you the inside scoop on research, classes, student life, and so much more. All of these shared by students, faculty, alumni, and other members of the USC community. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Season 9 of Viterbi Voices, the podcast. Uh, As uh, usual and and back, I am one of your hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma. I am the Executive Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And hello, everybody. I'm your other co-host, Maya Neuenschwander, and I'm I'm so excited. This is my first time saying this, but this next year, I will be a senior studying industrial and systems engineering here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Yes, 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 yes. And yes, it's your first time you're, you're saying that you're a senior, so this is your last year. And the other thing is that welcome back. We haven't we haven't had you on for quite some time uh, as a host because you were gone. You want to remind everybody where you were and what you've been doing? Yeah, this last semester, I um, had the opportunity to study abroad. So I was studying in London at Queen Mary's University. Um, and yeah, I was did one episode on the podcast. But in the meantime, um, Cameron was an awesome, awesome co-host for the meantime for Paul. But I'm very excited to be back here with you all and in the U.S. It is great to have you back. Uh, and for all of you listening, uh, all 10 of you who listen regularly, uh, <laughs> it's good to have you back and listening as well. A uh, quick, really fun side story, Maya, before we dive into all this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been doing a lot of summer events, right? We have we have people visiting campus. Uh, you know, we have, we have events going on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're giving presentations, roughly 300 guests per week. Um, and it's great. We're very busy. Lots of people are coming through. Lots of people are excited about the school. And in every one of our sessions, we do a little plug for the podcast. And I say, hey, there's so much stuff here. You might want to check out the podcast. I like doing it. Yada, yada. We're coming back season nine, July 30th. And <laughs> we go through like a whole Q&A. And this mom, and I, and I by no means mean anything negative towards her if she's listening. But this mom raised her hand and says like, you guys are doing, so so the podcast, that's just that's just student produced? I'm like, yeah. So you guys are just doing a podcast. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we like doing it. And I'm like, very quickly, I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm always clear to say I don't do a lot of the work. My does a lot of the work. I just kind of show up for recordings. It's that's just you guys and that's just really great. That's just really great. That's just really great. That that sounds really awesome. And I'm like, well, thank you so much for listening. She goes, oh, I've never heard it. I just like the idea of it. <laughs> I thought she was, I thought she was giving a compliment about how great the podcast was and that she was a listener because we haven't been getting a lot of those. And so I spent the whole time like, well, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And she's like, oh, no, 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 never heard it. <laughs> that was the funniest hey. thing in the world. Maybe, maybe it inspired her. I'd like to think that she's listening right now. I, I think she is. I think she is. So if you are one of our new listeners, welcome. And as we have, Stated many, many times before, while this is season nine, if you go backwards in time, you've got nearly 300 episodes here that you can go back into the archive and listen to any single one of those episodes at any time, whether it's a certain type of engineering you're interested in or a certain type of research you're interested in and you want to learn more from faculty only or alumni only or only hear from students. Episodes across all of these different cross-sections exist across eight years of this podcast. And moving forward, we'll have an episode out every single week as we go through season nine of the podcast. So if you're a brand new listener, welcome to our brand new listeners. For our returners, I don't know 
why you keep coming back, but I appreciate you coming back and, and we love you. So thank you so much. We get these reports on the downloads every single week and I'm excited that everybody's always listening. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, and as season nine rolls up, we are here at the end of July on the precipice of August 1st which means, you know, the common app is opening, which there's lots of stuff on our website and we'll, we'll put stuff in it later on in the podcast related to that. It's all happening. So, you know, if you're a senior, we're excited to have you. And there's lots of stuff we're going to be talking about as we go throughout the year. Um, and this, uh, this whole season is lots, lots of cool things happening this season. I mean, Maya, do you have specific things you want them to be aware of when it comes to season nine of the Turby voices, the podcast? That's, that's a really good question. Um, I think like specific things for them to be aware of. Um, I feel like we're trying to trying to get a lot more content out this this season. Uh, maybe some content in some new ways. I think this is my second year on the podcast, so uh, we've we've done a lot of roundtables. We've done a lot of things. If you look back in the last couple seasons, so uh, maybe trying some new some new versions of things. So just okay. um, yeah, keep keeping an eye out, keeping an open an open mind and. Um, just, yeah, I love it. Enjoying the content. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, we are, there's some cool stuff coming, uh, some cool interviews coming, some, some cool episodes coming down the road and, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun to, to hang out with you all. Uh, before we get into this particular episode, Maya, in addition to coming back from your study abroad program in the spring, you want to update everybody as to how your summer has been going, what you've been doing this summer. Cause it has not just been hanging out and, you know, vacationing. Yeah, yeah, definitely hasn't been. And I realized I didn't say this in the episode, but um, this summer I'm working at Medtronic. So this is my second summer. Um, I'm working as a project management infrastructure intern. Um, And then I'm the fun part is I'm working in Boulder, Colorado. So I've spent a lot of time in the mountains this summer, um, just getting out hiking. I absolutely love it here. So it's, it's been busy, but it's been really, really fun to live in a new place. Now, can you update uh, people to the extent that you can? What what is Medtronic? Some people know what that is, and and can you tell people what you're working on if you're able to? I know sometimes you're not able to. Well, yeah, of course. Um, so Medtronic is a medical device company. Um, so it's funny. So I'll mention it to the industrial engineers that I know, and they're all like, "Oh, oh, cool!" Like they don't really know what it is, but I'll mention it to a biomedical engineer, and they mm-hmm. know immediately. They're like, "Oh, which office? Which project?" Mm-hmm. Um, which is really, it's really cool because that's been something I've always been interested in: is the medical device industry. Not necessarily wanting to study biology or do things with that, but to find a way to um, use my skill set and help that industry. Um, and okay. then specifically at Medtronic. Um, so yeah, my title is kind of long, but I'm working with a team of different project managers. So they work on operations of new projects. Um, so I am helping them organize how they track their data and how they, um, present like just different progress reports. So it's a very, very high level, but I hope it makes sense. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, we're, I think it also goes to talk about that one thing that we talk about a lot on this website, which is having a specific degree track or, or a discipline that you're studying does not dictate an industry that you're working at. Right. So I think that's kind of embedded into your conversation, which is that, at, you know, Medtronic is a medical device company. So that means you have to be a biomedical engineer to work there. No, they're hiring lots of different types of people because it means lots of different types of engineers are working on their overall projects to get out there in the world. And so everybody should keep that in mind, uh, especially when it's, you know, 
Who works at Google? It's not just computer science students. Who works mm-hmm. at SpaceX? It's not just astronautical engineering students. All these elements come into play in that students across disciplines are working in interdisciplinary teams in each one of these areas. And don't think that one major has one output for a degree program. I think that's incredibly mm-hmm. important to understand. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a little teaser. I have an episode coming out in the future, and it's with somebody who studied civil engineering as an undergrad, but they're doing their master's in environmental engineering. So not necessarily that you have to choose one. You can do multiple things in a bunch of different ways. Good good call out, Paul. Good. Well, uh, outside of that, have you had any fun? What's been the fun parts of your summer? I know it's not working, you know, 24-7. What have you been doing for fun? Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long, but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit. Hope to see you soon. Yeah. Um, a lot of hiking. I've, I've gone climbing a couple times, bouldering in boulder. That was definitely something bouldering that I had to boulder. do. <laughs> yeah. Bouldering in boulder. Um, I've gone camping, been to Rocky mountain park three times actually, which is, wow. um, it's a pretty, pretty good amount and yeah other than that i'm just really enjoying being here walking around exploring there are there are about 30 interns at my location so got a pretty good group of friends too all right very very cool well welcome back we're excited to have you and let's dive into this particular episode this episode that we're kicking off season nine with is one of my favorite people uh lissa aruda graduated in 2014 got you know i probably should have had her actual bio up before we started recording <laughs> uh but lisa ruto is a former student here she studied uh and in, um industrial and i'm sorry she said chemical engineering i'm, I'm backtracking mm-hmm. a little bit she studied chemical engineering and graduated with her undergraduate degree in mm, gosh now i am having trouble her her graduate degree engineering no, management yeah, her graduate degree is in engineering management. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So her 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 bachelor of science, her BS degree is in chemical engineering. She got that in 2015. And she also got her graduate degree in engineering management in 2015 as well. That's why I was confused. It's the same year, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool because she did essentially her ma- her bachelor's and her master's in four and a half years. Uh, she is uh, a fantastic person to, to listen to. I don't want to ruin any of the story, but she's uh, worked in our office. She did some great stuff and she's done uh, some amazing work, not only in technical consulting, um, but also in kind of like the, the IT world, if that makes any sense, uh, and some really cool elements. Is there anything that you want them to listen to? Because this is uh, or to listen for as we dive into this episode, then we'll talk about it on the back end because you, you this was your first time meeting Lissa. Yeah, well, I reiterate that Paul said she was a really awesome, awesome person to talk to, um, very energetic, and I actually have some some notes, we'll call these like little, little oh, sneak peeks, but I have yeah. um, authentic engineering identity, Ooh. Ta- Taylor Swift, <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter, consulting, 
chemical engineering. Yeah, it was just a really great all around conversation. A lot of um, a little off topic at times, but in the best way. So <laughs> I hope everybody enjoys it. All right. Well, let's get out of the way and hand it right over to meet Lissa Aruda. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm great. Well, you know, it it didn't surprise me. I was expecting pink in in every regard possible, and I got it in glasses, yeah. and outfit, in background, in decoration. Yeah. Really live it. Haven't haven't changed much. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm also just really excited for the Barbie movie, so I've been really embracing the pink this week. <laughs> Barbie week, as, as is as is my household. As is my household. Yeah, uh, Lissa, uh, this is Maya. I met Maya before. Hi, Maya. It's nice to meet you. Hi, Lisa. Nice to meet you, too. I was going to say, I think that's like the the neatest Zoom background I've ever seen. Like you have Paul and my like stock <laughs> photos beat. Yeah, she has Thank an actual you. room that is like curated for it. We're just using yeah, whatever. I set up. I had to set up an office space during COVID in my house uh, so I wouldn't go crazy. You know, I finally got my room configured where it wasn't just like my bed in the background. Um, it was really nice. Well, awesome. Uh, Lisa, thanks so much for being here. I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. And uh, I think, remind me, because I think you were like, you you left right as we started this or were you around for the beginning of it? I left right as it was starting. Yeah. As it so was I started. never, yeah, yeah. I was Great. in grad school when you guys started it. So Got I it. wasn't a VSA at the time. Got it. Well, uh, thank you so much for 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 being here, Lisa. Uh, I think what would might be really really good is to give people a little bit of background on who you are. Tell people a little bit about your background, where you're from, uh, what you studied at USC, like how we got there, and then we kind of jump into some questions and things like that. Yeah, I can do a quick overview. So, hi everyone. My name's Lisa. Um, I am a Southern California native. I grew up. Um, in Orange County. Um, and then I went to USC for college. Um, while I was a student at USC, I did my undergraduate degree in chemical engineering with an emphasis in nanotechnology. And I also did a minor in art history. Um, I was super involved across the board at USC. I did undergraduate research. I went abroad with the Viterbi Ipodia program. Um, I was involved in a social sorority and I was president of the Greek Honor Society and I was super involved in the uh, American Institute of Chemical Engineers group as well. Um, and since uh, then I stayed at USC and I did my master's in engineering management through the progressive degree program. Um, and then I started my career at Accenture doing, I started in technology consulting. I switched over to management consulting later in my career. But really, all of my time in consulting was around um, digital transformation and like large scale system change um, at a variety of customers, mostly focused in media and high tech, um, but really across the board. Um, a couple of years ago, I left consulting and I went over to the software side of digital process change and transformation. Um, so I was at a company called Salonis for the last few years. Um, which is a process mining technology um, to help understand, uh, you know, when I was in consulting, I did a lot of time um, manually talking to people and understanding how they did their jobs. Um, and this was a technology that would do a lot of that in an automated way. Um, and then I just recently started at SAP also doing digital process transformation um, on the software side. So uh, it's been a really fun journey. Um, lots of good stuff outside of uh, work. I love to travel. I love to cook. I got a dog a few years ago, so that was really exciting. 
Um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. And your dog's name? I talk more about all that. Her name's Lucy. Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. Right. yeah, right. she's a gift. I got her in 2020, <laughs> um, New Year's Eve going into 2020. And I was like, wow, what could go wrong? I have a dog. Um, very quickly, <laughs> I was like, wow, thank God I got a dog. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, listen, I don't, I don't, I, I may have missed it, but uh, did you say where you're from? Yeah, I grew up in Orange County. Newport in Orange Beach. County, in, in, yep. in Newport Beach. That's right. Now, you went to Corona Del Mar High School. Is that correct? I did. Wow. Good memory. Yeah. Sea Queen. Um, I was a Sea Queen. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and, can can you can you take me? I always like to to take our listeners, with, especially with alumni, to go back in yeah. time to what you were like in high school, what you were thinking in high school, what you know, what what yeah. would high school Lissa think about what you're doing now versus what she thought at that time? Because so many of our students right now and parents listening to this are in that process, right? They're juniors, they're seniors in high school, they're trying to figure yeah. this college thing out. Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, in high school, um, I think. For, for what I chose for college, though it was the most important, I was really good at math and science. I was always in AP math, AP science classes. That was really what I loved to do for my, like, my volunteering project. I did my Girl Scout Gold Award and I taught science to like at elementary schools um, in the neighborhood, like really passionate about like science, math, tech uh, type work um, and type type classes. That's what I was good at. Um, you know, took a lot of AP classes across the board, really, uh, really studious. Uh, I was in National Honor Society. I was the president of that in high school. Um, and I was a cheerleader. So that was what I did for my, um, like sport outside of, outside of school activity. Um, you know, for college, I, I decided I wanted to do engineering. I wanted to solve problems. I wanted to use this math and science, like strength and skill set. Um, I, I picked chemical engineering because chemistry was my favorite science. Um, and I really wanted a school. Wait, wait, that, wait a minute. Wait a, yeah. wait a minute. Sorry. <laughs> I think there's a larger story. If I remember correctly, there's a story going back to a Harry Potter kit. <laughs> potion I mean, kit. Yeah. Why was chemistry my favorite subject? Harry Potter is absolutely my favorite book. Um, I will be anyone at Harry Potter trivia. I guarantee it. Um, so those are like my favorite facts to receive. So people are like, can you tell me this like random fact from Harry Potter? And the answer is always yes. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was in like, God, it had to have been second or third grade when I was reading the books. And my mom got me a Harry Potter potions kit for Christmas. Um, and I think that was really what started the love of science. It was either that or, or making Christmas cookies, you know um also a science baking uh, baking in baking general. baking in general of important science um so chemical yeah, engineers yeah, and baking always do go together they're they're always really into yeah baking. oh yeah yeah all my friends still that study chemical engineering we do we do baking contests all the time they make the best cookies <laughs> i've ever had <laughs> so so my if i'm remembering this correctly Lisa, uh you because uh, we you told that story to me multiple times but i'm like wait a minute you're skipping something because this goes back to harry <laughs> potter and and i remember you're right and i remember I would always give you problems for it because I was never into Harry Potter, have never been. And I remember you saying, watch out, Paul, your daughter is going to be super into Harry Potter. Yeah. Was I and, right? And Lisa, you're dead on. And now here I am dealing with this Hufflepuff over in the other room that only yeah. wants to talk about Harry Potter, only wants to go over Harry Potter stuff, is way yeah. into Harry Potter and has her little and like, magic you, and wand. And you've had to learn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still sticking out of it. No, I don't. No. So, well, when the TV show comes out, you can you can get on the train then. It's never a, too a, late. They keep they keep bringing out new content. You know, 
Maya, is this your is this your jam as well? I don't. We've never talked about Harry. Potter. I I love I, I like love I Harry should... Potter. Yeah, I feel like it's a very it's a very engineering thing. Honestly, Viterbi. A lot of my friends like Harry Potter too. I'm I'm very I'm very curious as to why you don't like Harry Potter, Paul. You know, I stopped asking this question a long time ago. Um, you want to see my favorite gift I've ever yeah. received? Though? Yeah, yeah, so I'm obsessed with yeah. my dog. We kind of already covered that. I'm obsessed with Harry Potter. Um, for Christmas a few years ago, one of my best friends gave me a uh, a Harry Potter <laughs> dog portrait. It's a pic for those who can't see, obviously. It's a podcast. It's a portrait of my dog in Harry Potter robes. And it is a precious gift that I happen to just have sitting next to my desk right here. So oh my gosh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah so, so you were not it, wrong about the Harry Potter obsession. It, I it, Okay. To start with, I get it. If someone loves something, I want them to love it. It's it's not about yeah. that. It's just was never in my time frame growing up. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. it it came out when I was already out out of college. Probably. So like it, I don't know. You're not I don't that know. old, Paul. No, I am, I am that old. <laughs> don't date yourself here. <laughs> I commonly date myself on this podcast of how old I am, and this is just another thing of like this well, came out. The- my teacher read the book to us when I was in second grade. That was where the obsession started with Harry Potter. So wow. went, there were three books out when I read, when we read the books. So I, I went to the midnight premiere of the fourth book, the fifth book, the sixth book, the seventh book, and all eight movies. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing to me. Yeah. Maya, are you, are you into it that much? Um. So it, it's interesting. I feel like we have like each decade covered because all yeah. the books are out when I was reading it, but I, I was, I was so into them still. Um, and I'm into it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say as much as Lissa, but I'm definitely very proud Ravenclaw. Have read the book so many times as a kid growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your house, Lissa? Also a Ravenclaw, hundred oh. percent. Yeah. Any online quiz, it's like a hundred percent. You are Ravenclaw. Yeah. Studious, yes. like school, likes to learn. Yeah. Wow. wow. Cool. And, and if I'm uh, this, you take every advantage of doing anything Harry Potter these days too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just in March went with my mom for her birthday. We went to Harry Potter World at Universal Studios for the day. My my last uh, two birthdays ago, I made all my friends go to a potions cocktail making class with me. Um, <laughs> 25 of us went in and made potion cocktails. It's great. Yeah. The chemistry never ends. It's, it keeps right. going. You just keep growing up with it, you know? Right. Well, awesome. I'm sorry. I totally interrupted, but I knew I'm That's I knew fine. that was the one thing I wanted to make sure we talked about and also just to make sure to give you credit. Ever. Yeah. Well, I wanted to give you credit too, because I remember you gave me so much guff back in the day. You're like, watch out, this is gonna happen to you, watch out is gonna happen to you. And it is and every time Harry Potter comes up yeah. in my household, all I ever think of is Lissa was right. Yeah. Lissa told me this a long time ago. <laughs> this was going to happen. And I'm I'm glad she's into it. It's just I can't get into it. Maybe one of these days I will. I've tried, yeah. but I'm not it's 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 a little beyond one day. Me. One day. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. All right. So you high school cheerleading, uh, engineering, you're thinking about that. It kind of goes to that idea of where you're going to go. You're in Corona Mars, Southern California, and you're looking at colleges and, and SC comes into the fold. Was, was it, it wasn't always the deal, right? Or what? Well, so I didn't know this actually. I might have never even told you this story. So I thought that this was like a high school discovery. I obviously knew about USC. I grew up in Orange County. Like I'd gone to Pasadena when like the, we were playing in the Rose Bowl at certain times. Like okay. I was familiar with USC mostly through football. I thought I got a letter from my second grade teacher, maybe two years after I graduated. That was supposed to be a 10 year letter. It came like 15 years after 
where I wrote in second grade that my dream school was to go to USC. So apparently I'd had this dream for a lot longer than I had known uh, to go to USC, but I didn't remember that until after I graduated. Um, So I thought this was a high school discovery that I really wanted to go to USC, but um, really what it came down, I mean, I toured a lot of schools. I went, um, I went all over the country with my mom looking at different schools and USC was the school that like when I walked on campus, I just immediately felt like I was at home. Like I felt like there was the right balance of, you know, really, really strong academics, great engineering program, good classes, the rest of the university. It was where I wanted to live. I was close to home and close to my family. And like, it's pretty hard to beat the weather and ever leave Southern California once you're here. Um, I loved the concept of like, please come study engineering and like go do anything else you want to do um, within the university. Um, so there were so many things that were appealing about USC. And like I said, it was just, I felt so comfortable. Everyone I spoke to, everyone I talked to, I was like, I could picture myself being friends with these people and like being a, in a community with these people for the next four and a half years. And I, I mean, I stayed for four and a half years. Um, and like, those are still my best friends. So I was right. Um, I, I found like my, my community and my people when I was at USC. What other schools were you thinking about when it came all down to it? Yeah, my second choice was UCLA. Um, really loved the LA area. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was really important to me. Um, I considered MIT for a while, um, but I really just I didn't see myself on the East Coast um, at all. But those were my top three schools when I was going through the process. Very cool. Um, and ha- other than the idea of just chemistry being what you wanted to do, uh, why why not study then chemistry? How did that become chemical engineering? Yeah. And what what did that end up being for you? Yeah, I loved the the idea. Um, I feel like engineering is kind of a hard major because you don't have any classes to like learn what it is until you get into it in college. But right. what I did know about engineering uh, before is it was really about taking the science that you learn in class. Like you still have to take all the chemistry classes, but it's about how do you apply it to solve problems in the real world? Like that's how I differentiated. You know what is what is chemical engineering is like, you're not necessarily making the breakthroughs in chemistry and like coming up with new reactions, new searching for the next, uh, the next element on the table. Um, but you're taking science that already exists and and learning it well enough to be able to apply it to problems, um, that, that the world is facing. Um, at the time I was really interested in sustainability and green energy. Um, so, so you can say, you know, there's chemistry in that there's electrical engineering in that there's mechanical engineering in that. Um, but I really did want to solve problems. Um, I wanted to take all this like knowledge and, and insights and apply it to real world applications. Um, being involved in undergraduate research was really important to me. There was a time that I thought I was going to do a PhD path. Um, so that was really exciting to get to like apply that in new ways and understand, um, you know, how you can again take this science and like try to solve a problem. I worked um, in a research lab for a couple years where we were making lead sulfide quantum dots and trying to apply that to solar energy. Um, and it was really, really fun and exciting and like cool to be so hands-on um, with with these different problems. But that was really where engineering was, was I wanted to solve problems. And that's what I did. I went into consulting. We solved problems, business problems instead. Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. 
It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. When you were at USC, can you can you walk me through kind of that? I mean, I'll start with one of the basic questions, which is, okay, you were excited about it. You felt at home yeah. is what you said. You were ready to go. What What were your expectations to your experience? And then in that first year, what did you yeah. find? What was what was hard? What was something that you it took a while to kind of get used to? And what was just like, yeah, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, everything... It was better than I thought it was going to be. And I was super excited going in. Um, I mean, it's hard to live away from home. It's hard to be responsible for like all of your own things. It's hard to have a roommate with a, with a random person. I got super lucky on the roommate front. It, she became my best friend. We lived together for seven years. I was recently the maid of honor in her wedding. Okay. Um, so got really lucky on the roommate front. Uh, nailed that one right off. Um, I think some of the things that were hard, like like college classes are harder than high school classes. Like I was like, I've taken all these APs. I'm going to be fine. And then you get to like, I I took honors physics freshman year. And I was like, oh, okay. Like day one, we're doing like the last week of AP physics. Um, So just like you really accelerate your knowledge. Um, You're around and just surrounded by the smartest people, right? Like you, you probably, I was, I was valedictorian in my high school. Like everyone else at USC was also valedictorian at their high school or like very top students. Um, so it was, it's always challenging to be around like similar caliber of, of knowledge and like commitment um, to, to your studies. Um, so that was a big transition as well. It was just, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more to learn after high school um, and you're really challenged uh, in that capacity. I, I realized that I spend a lot of my time talking to highly motivated students who yeah. are, <laughs> yes, it's a nice way to put it, right? Uh, <laughs> highly, highly motivated students that are just so hardcore. And I, I give the talk almost every day about how like, you, guys, this is going to be harder than anything you ever thought. And, and almost yeah. all of them, and I'm assuming Maya jump in here too, you two as well. We're like, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. I yeah. got it. Let's so, be fine. Yeah. <laughs> It, or should should we just kind of like assume that's always going to be the case or is there some sort of way for us to explain it or to help people re- recognize kind of leap and because I, I see students that yeah. are either super worried about leap and rigor or not worried at all and it's kind of like nothing and neither neither of those extremes yeah that's an interesting go ahead Maya I don't know if you have a thought you're here in it right now so I feel a little fresher yeah um I think like what you had said about it like USC feeling like home that really hits the nail on the head and like I think because it feels like home for a certain type of student, then there just tend to be a lot of students who have similar, like, are really into pushing themselves. And like a lot of people at USC are used to doing that. And then they are seeking that out in college. So I think that naturally raises the expectation and just like the general bar, like all the students around you are doing like super cool projects inside and outside of the classroom, um, which is really encouraging as a student, like it inspires you to do it yourself. But it's difficult. I'm not going to say that it's not. And at times you can feel imposter syndrome looking around and like everybody at USC is like doing so well. And um, it can be, it can be really easy to get down on yourself, but um, when it comes down to it, I think it is like the best environment to learn. 
Yeah, I agree with that. That it, it, it's really hard to understand it until you're in it. And I, I, I almost got it. Uh, before I started, I did sit in on a physics class um, at USC. So I was a senior in high school and I sat in and I was like, oh, this is more difficult than what I'm learning in my high school physics class right now. Um, and I, I think that that's like the closest I got, but compounding that with five other engineering classes and science classes at the same time is, is I think where it's, it's, it's just hard to visualize until you have it and you have a social life and like, you know, football games and clubs and all of these other things to balance. Um, that it, it's an adjustment. So you learn other, to be highly organized very quickly. Yeah. So there's other non-quantifiable life elements that kind of get into yeah. the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a learning curve to say like, Oh, I could sit in EVK and talk to my friends for two hours, or I can go upstairs and like start my homework and studying. And like, you know, you have all of those choices once you go to college, like there's no one, you don't, you don't go home and then you just are home. Um, right. Your friends are always a block away. You talk about it feeling like home, but also listen to give you credit. You also built your own community and became a really strong leader at the Viterbi school. So Thank can you, you talk about your level of involvement and, and was everything strategized? Did you have it thought out? Did you land in stuff? Like what, what was it like going like where you, from where you ended to, to how you started? What was the in-between there and what did you do? Where, where did you mess up? Where did you just get lucky? Yeah. I mean, I love being involved that has carried through into my career. We always, we joked at it like in consulting that you're supposed to have like everyone, they encourage you to have a plus one outside of your, your core job. Um, and and it's a very consulting term to give employees at a consulting agency. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 But we found people either had a plus zero, like they literally just did their job or you had like a plus 11. And obviously I was a, I was a plus 11. I was involved in everything. Um, nothing changed. Um, no, the things, I mean, the things that were just like, like, like you said, building community is really important. Like experience, is really important to me. Um, one of the, one of my favorite activities was like, uh, you take your first semester freshman Academy class. Like that was a really impactful experience. You make friends across all the different majors. You become close uh, to a professor that you might not have otherwise had. My freshman Academy professor, um, was Dr. Hodge. And I ended up working in her research lab two years later. Um, and I, I would have not known about her lab or her research. Um, she wasn't in my department. Um, if I hadn't had that opportunity to connect with her, um, through like freshman Academy. So becoming a freshman Academy coach, because that was a great experience for me. I wanted to make sure I gave back that experience to other younger students. Um, so I did that for three years. Um, uh, I was on the board for the American Institute of Chemical Engineers. Um, I'm a, I was the social chair. Um, I was very important to me to get that like balance out of engineering and like pull people out of their shells and make sure that we had you know, that community and that opportunity to like be more than classmates, right? Like we're peers, we're people who are going to be our network as we go out into the world. Um, so that was one that I like strategically joined uh, and like wanted to grow yeah. up with and be a part of. Um, one that I probably fell into was the Ipodia program. So is that, is that still running? Yeah. Should I explain yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a collaboration with it. USC and uh, like several other universities around the world. So the year that I took the class, I was a sophomore um, and we were partnered with a uh, school in Korea, China, uh, Israel and Germany. And so like, we jointly took class with these students around the world. Um, that was probably like 
from a moving into the workforce perspective, the most beneficial experience I had in college. Um, I work on global teams all the time now. Um, and knowing kind of how to balance that, like culturally, time zone wise, was like an incredible learning curve. Um, but you take class together all semester. It's mostly about global entrepreneurship and like how culture plays a role in business. Um, and then we got to travel at the end of the semester. So my sophomore year, we went to Korea um, and met up with all of the, our classmates that we had taken class with virtually all semester um, and spent, I think, like two and a half weeks in Korea. It was amazing. I TA'd the class the next year. Um, and got to spend about two and a half weeks in Israel um, at their university. And they hosted us. And we did all these like incredible cultural experiences there. Um, so I was one that like I kind of applied to on a whim. I was like, I have some extra credits. Like, I'll make this work. Um, and it was one of my favorite experiences um, with my time at USC. Social sorority was another one that yeah. like I didn't know I wanted to do going in. I did not rush as a freshman. Um, I, my parents weren't Greek. I didn't really understand what the Greek system was. Um, and then my, my roommate and best friend was, was really involved in her sorority. She made it look really fun. Um, and so I always use that as my like completely non-engineering outlet. Um, it's like, oh, here's like, I can, they plan things socially for me to do and I can show up and, and do something fun, um, outside of my studies and my extracurriculars that were mostly all engineering related outside of that. Do you, I, I know this has been a topic that, that we've discussed in the past, um, but that idea, how we started, right? I said, I know, I knew you'd be coming strong with the pink today, um, <laughs> but, but the, how some people, and again, I'm asking the question, not, and you know, my feelings, but the, some people don't think those things go together, right? The idea yeah. that like, you're like, you are the definition of pink and the, the quote unquote college sorority girl. But hardcore chemical engineer and highly successful, like most people don't see those things going together. I know that's something you talk about a lot and, and a lot, kind of that, yeah. that paradox that people view you in. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, and it follows. Right. I still deal with it in the workplace. Yeah. I, it, it, it's, I work in tech. I'm often the only girl on my team. I'm often like the only blonde in the room. Um, it's it's something I've just kind of learned to embrace. Like it's, I've always been myself. Authenticity is really important to me. Um, and I never felt like it, it's more rare, right? Like, honestly, I, you're right. Like, there's not a lot of people that like are like that in engineering. It's, it's more, it's less common. But I think it's really important to like set an example of like, you can be whatever you want to be. It's okay. Like, and I felt like USC was really more diverse and open and like people's interests outside of engineering people, a lot of people who look very different from each other in engineering. Um, I remember when I took a tour of USC, the girl who gave the tour was another blonde. I think she was a me uh, mechanical engineer, but I was like, oh, like I could see myself being friends with a girl like her. Um, and so I think it's really just important to know that like, there doesn't have to be a paradox or a paradigm when it comes to like what an engineer should look like. Anyone can be an engineer just because they like a certain color, or they look a certain way, or they like to have fun outside of their engineering classes. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Good. Uh, I, I think there's always a lot of people listening that, and, and we, and I, I've now started to really bring this into a lot of my talks lately about how, how someone might identify as an engineer and how often some people might take themselves out of the running to become an engineer because they don't see themselves the way that others yeah. identify as engineers. And that's yeah, something absolutely. that is a big deal for a number of different versions. I'm not talking about just blonde girls, right? Absolutely. But the idea of of how someone might see an engineer 
and I, and I always make the joke and we've talked about this before, like, it's not, not just a bunch of dirt nerdy dudes, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot of different people and, and we need all these different people to bring in those perspectives as you just rightly said. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I definitely go out of my way to make sure that like, you know, you can, you don't have to look a certain way to be an engineer. And I try to do that in tech now too, or like, you know, yeah. sometimes you have to see someone that looks like you or just looks different than what you expect to like believe that it's possible. So try to hope, hope to set that example for people. Absolutely. Now you also went on to get your graduate degree, right? Mm-hmm. And was that yeah. engineering? Did you say engineering management? Is that what it was? Yeah. I did engineering management yeah. for grad school. You, At that point. You, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Can you explain what that is? Like a lot of people don't know yeah. what that is. So engineering management, um, I like to, the way I like to describe it to people is like, it's basically an MBA, but with an engineering flair. So you're focusing, it's, it's business-based classes. I took accounting, I took project management, I took econ, I took um, team management, like those are the types of classes I took, but they're all rooted in engineering concepts or from an engineering perspective. So I took quality control and I took it all for like, engineering, manufacturing, like building things, projects, like what would quality control look like at an engineering company? Um, when I took project management, it was all based on like what an engineering, like design a race car type project. Um, when I took econ, we, uh, we weren't just using the equations, we were proving the equations as well. So um, it was all, all like business focused things you'll have to do as a manager at any company, whether you're in engineering or tech or just like at a bank, like there, there's skills that you need um, to, to go up and move up in your career. Um, you can learn them in the workforce. You don't necessarily need a degree to learn them. Um, but I, I knew I was going to go into consulting and I kind of, I knew I was going to be working with businesses in that capacity. Um, and I wanted to have that like foundation uh, in these concepts uh, to be able to bring more value to, to clients and customers and, and accelerate my own career as I moved up. Where did the transition from quote unquote, traditional chemical engineering jobs or career prospects turn into consulting? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, that's a great question. Uh, it was really my junior year when I was interviewing at both traditional chemical engineering companies and with consulting firms. Um, traditional and chemical I, engineering companies like oil and gas yeah, or other ones. I, I did. Oil, I talked to oil and gas. I talked to Sandia National Labs. I talked to um, yeah different like materials companies at the mm-hmm. time. Um, but my summer after my sophomore year, I originally thought I was going to go PhD route or like re- heavy research route. Um, and summer after my sophomore year, I did an R&D internship. Um, so I was doing research and development at a small nanotech battery company, um, kind of startup vibe. Um, it was great. I like had a, an amazing summer, but kind of what I realized was research for me was a better fit as like uh, a project between classes. I enjoyed doing it. I loved putting in the time and like the learning process around it and like the rigor around research. But doing it for 40 plus hours a week as my full-time job just wasn't like satisfying for my personality. I found that there were weeks that I really didn't talk to other people. And like, I was very, it was very slow paced um, to to make a lot of progress. And so I was like, okay, I don't think career-wise, this is the right path for me and what I see myself doing long-term. So what are the other options? And I was like exploring chemical engineering industry, uh, a few other VSAs go into consulting, um, so I started a lot, going, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of them going to consulting. Um, so a few, uh, a few seniors started taking me to like 
their consulting I was like, what do I do now? And they're like, hi, consulting. So I started going to the info sessions. Um, and uh, at the end, I had an Enroyal Gas offer. I had a consulting offer. I took the consulting offer. Um, I just wanted to try it. I didn't really know. I kind of knew what I was getting myself into, the oil and gas route a little bit more. Um, and I was kind of sold on the idea that it was still problem solving. Um, you're still you're still solving big problems. Uh, and I was really sold on the idea of getting to work with a lot of different companies really young in my career. Um, mm. So I got to work with, you know, 12 different companies that are in the top 100 biggest companies in the world during my first five years out of the workforce uh, wow. or in the workforce versus, you know, just being at one at one company. Um, and I mean, Accenture is a huge global firm. And I had a lot of amazing opportunities there. I worked with huge media companies, huge social media companies, like huge tech companies. Um, and I've contacted all of those companies. Um, and I, I was a trusted advisor to solve big problems for them. I got to travel a ton for consulting, um, which was a gift and, and a really awesome experience. So I, I took that job the summer of my junior year. I actually really hated what I did that summer at Accenture. Um, like really hated. They like put me in like this super technical coding role. I had to teach myself Java that summer. I didn't have a CS background. I had a chemical engineering background. I knew like some basic coding, like I knew HTML, like I did not know Java. I learned how to code in Java that summer. It was tough. Um, that role was certainly not what I was going to be doing with my career, but I, I did spend this whole summer networking and I talked to a lot of different people that did a lot of different jobs. Um, and there were a lot of roles that I saw, I could see myself doing um, for the longer term. And I did, I, I obviously went back to Accenture um, and I was there for, for many years. Um, in more of like a, a digital transformation, like roadmap strategy. Um, how do we take out an old system and put in a new system or like replace processes within an organization? Um, the switch from chemical engineering to consulting was actually not as crazy as it sounds because chemical engineering really is a degree in like designing processes mm -hmm. um, compared to like, you're not like building a physical product like a mechanical engineer maybe or like a civil engineer. Whereas um, chemical engineering is really like, how do you get from, you know, state one, all of these different materials and put them together through different chemical processes to get to end state product? Like, are you, you know, refining oil or like decaffeinating coffee, whatever it is? Um, it's a process. Um, so I also went into to business process design. Um, so the mindset was really the same. It was just like what types of processes I was designing were a little bit different. It's technology based instead of chemical based. I like how you said that engineering or consulting is not really different than these other engineering degrees or ideas or concepts, because there are some people, and again, I'm asking questions on like behalf of other thinkers, but yeah, that's there's, some people, there's some people, and even, even some people that have consultants are like, oh, I'm not an engineer anymore. Or like, oh, they, they left engineering. I'm like, ah, consulting yeah. is engineering. I mean, can you, can it's you address that? Yeah, yeah can, can you address that and like what that what that really means? Because because they're actually sometimes they even get critical questions from parents of like yeah. how many chemical engineers go to work in chemical engineering companies. I'm like, well, first of all, who said they wanted to? Number one, <laughs> like you, you you gave out a really great example about how you had a path and you had a choice and you decided not to. But yeah. from the outside looking in, from people believing that a degree program is supposed to output a certain type of job. Yeah, I, I would say you're you're an incredibly successful person, and and you know that you yeah. are, and you've done everything you wanted to do. 
and you're still doing engineering, but someone who's like hardcore engineering and highly critical would say like, oh, no, no, they didn't even they didn't even go to engineering. Yeah. So that, that I mean, it's fair. I got that reaction too. People are like, oh, you're going to a business job. Why'd you get a, why'd you get an engineering degree? Yeah. And I actually think that the most successful consultants were all came from an engineering background. Yeah. Uh, what you get out of an engineering degree is like a mindset, right? Like one, I, I can solve hard problems. I think that's like the most important mindset. Consultants are hired by businesses to solve their hardest problems. Like Companies hire consultants because they can't solve the problem that they're facing on their right. own. They hire someone with an expertise or specialty in whatever they're trying to solve. So it's, I can solve hard problems. Almost every problem has a solution. Like there's a solution. You're really solution oriented, which is like what I got out of an engineering degree is if I attack this problem hard enough, I'll solve it eventually. Um, well, we can try different routes. There's different ways you can take. We can be creative. Um, but but problems have solutions um, and we should be searching for the solutions to the problems. Um, and I think the other really important thing is like, you know, the work ethic, like I, I can learn hard things and like, I can work through these problems and I can get to the solution. Like I'm capable of doing that. Um, so I think those are like the three things I took away from, from an engineering background that applied really strongly to consulting and like made me a really strong consultant. Like you come in with a solution, you come in, with like, I'm going to learn this. I don't know this. I'm going to learn it and I'll figure it out. And I'm like perfectly capable of doing that and learning new things and pivoting and transitioning. And like, that's like an absolute essential skill, no matter what industry you go into right now, like every new technology that comes out is completely disruptive across every single industry. Like no one's safe from like needing to pivot to cloud, understanding how AI affects their industry, understanding how blockchain affects the industry that they work in. Like, so that mindset is what's the most important outcome from an engineering degree, in my opinion. No, that's great. Um, and are you allowed to talk about what companies you consulted for? Because I know you, you kind of glossed. It's fine if you're not. I just was curious. Yeah. You kind of like glossed over some. And I know some that you did work for. So I was going to ask you about one at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can say the names. I can't talk about like the specifics, but I did it all of them. Yeah. But like some of the big companies I've worked with over the years, uh, Snap um disney google honda um hpe like those are some of the bigger names uh i've worked with over the years and the reason i want to say is like all engineering like they're oh, yeah. all they're all engineering companies they all have yeah, technological all products yeah 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 and it's all tech-based right i've always worked even when i was doing management consulting i was working with tech products so like i spent a year working on like how, how do companies actually effectively transition to cloud. Um, I, I helped put together like a, like a methodology for like, what, how do you transition people through this change in technology? And you can't effectively consult people in the change through technology if you also don't know the technology. Like over the years, I've had to learn Workday, Success Factors, Google Cloud, Amazon Web Services. Like I learned uh, Salonis, the last company I was working on, I'm learning SAP now. Like you have to know these technologies like the back of your hand, even if you're doing the people oriented roles around them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't think it's talking too much out of school and I'll, I'll be sure to send her a note. Um, but you also worked with one of my close friends, Louise. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? She was For one of the best while? bosses I ever had. Not really? saying that because yeah, no, she's amazing. Amazing leader. We're still in touch. She cool. was great. Yeah. We worked together for, like two years, it was a tough project. Um, so we got very, very close. We actually got to travel the world together. We went to India. Uh, I went to India four times for this project I was on. Um, 
the fourth one, I was, I was exhausted. <laughs> Don't go to <laughs> India four times in a year. That was, that was a lot of travel back and forth. Um, but uh, yeah, I got those. She was great. Um, well, I mean, you should know that place. Yeah, every, as you were taking jobs, job offers, et cetera. She was constantly talking to me like, I don't, I need to, make sure, I need to get Lissa. I need to get Lissa. How am I going to get Lissa? And yeah. then every time I would see her and you guys working together, she would just constantly talk about how great you are. <laughs> and then when you Thank end up you. moving on from her team, she's like, I lost Lissa. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't have Lissa anymore. And so it was this really, really kind of cool experience that you two both really appreciate each other. Yeah, and it's really a cool small stuff. world. You never know whose yeah. friends you're going to work with over the years. So, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, and in, there was a short period there, Maya, I don't know if you know this, but there was a short period there where Lissa actually worked in our office. Uh, she was one of our graduate assistants in admission. And for, as a graduate student, uh, back in the day before we had a full staff, Lissa, you, now we have a staff. So like, I don't oh, need to hire a grad. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, now I have actual staff members. Um, back in the day, Lissa uh, would work and do admission stuff. And she traveled on yeah. the road with me. And that was by no means what the travel she was about to do back, <laughs> back with, with, with Accenture. Yeah, I, I started to understand what business travel looked like. It, was, it, was a, it dipped my toes in. Situation. It was a small dip, a small dip of toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, my Alyssa used to run like our, our website and social media mm-hmm. stuff, not only from the Viterbi student side, the BSA stuff, Viterbi Voices, but also on Viterbi admission. Alyssa uh, still to this day, there's some, I was actually just looking at some web pages the other day. I'm like, this really hasn't been touched since Lissa made it. Um, it's, it's still pretty good stuff. Nice. It's pretty good stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. It's pretty good stuff. So um, just so that you know, there's a couple of pages we're going to start to take apart literally this summer that I you guess. built. And I'm like, well, it's there. It's almost 10 years now. We're, we're probably done. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I, everything I learned from web design, from working in the admissions office, uh, I built my own travel blog. So did you? Uh, yeah, oh. yeah. It's on WordPress, same same theme. I was like, this is what I know how to use. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta use the same one. It um, is. Yeah, have yeah, ever told I you? Like, blog, same, there was same setup. There was a whole movement in the school, like because we were on WordPress before the rest of the yeah. university or the school was. Um, and there was a whole movement. I think after you left, where the school and the whole university switched to WordPress sites. And then there was these mandates on themes and styling and functioning and stuff like that. And I held my ground. You're like, like no. no. No, not changing it's already it. done. I'm not I'm, rebuilding it. Yeah, I'm not doing this again. And I have full <laughs> granular control over this thing. And it's I'm not getting so I'm still the only one that our theme is the one we use. And everyone else has to use other stuff. I'm like, until I leave, you can't touch yeah. this site. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I appreciate right. that. We put in a lot of work. We did. Or you did, I should say. Actually, you built, I will say that listen, you built like 90% of that site. Like it's yeah. and it's still functional in that same way. So I truly I still truly appreciate it. And that was you only worked with us like a half year. Like you did a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it was only a semester. In a short period. Uh, that was a bummer. When we only yeah, I wish I year. dragged out grad school a little longer. There you, no I wish you dragged out grad school. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> it was just like, I only had four more classes. So I was like, oh, two and two seems like a week schedule, but four was an aggressive schedule. So right. Well, and it should be noted. Job. Yeah, it should be. It should be noted that you did. Uh, you said earlier I was there for four and a half years. I'm like, well, that includes a grad program, so that's a ma- bachelor's and yeah. a master's in four and a half years, which is yeah. accelerated to say the least. And a minor. I haven't talked about that. Yet, oh, minor. I also yeah, did do oh, yeah. a minor in art history. Yeah, which was I, they told me I was the first engineer that ever came into the art history office. So <laughs> proud to proud to be that first one. <laughs> Where did the passion uh, for art history come from? I used to go to museums with my mom as a lot as a kid um so I, I always was interested in art 
in high school, um, I had a free slot still in my schedule. Um, and my high school tried to tell me not to fill it with another AP class. And I was like, nah, I'll be fine. Um, they're like, you already have four, like a fifth seems excessive. And I'm like, nah, it'll be fine. Um, so I took AP art history. Cause that was like my, that was my fun class senior year. I was like, well, there'll be a fun AP. That won't be like, not, that's not AP statistics and AP physics, you know, it's, that's a fun sure, AP. Fun. So, yeah. <laughs> so I took AP art history, uh, my senior year of high school and I loved it. There is nothing more like relaxing than sitting in a dark room and looking at pretty pictures that were made 500 years ago like truly therapeutic if you haven't tried it recommend it um and i was like you know i want to take classes outside of engineering i'm gonna need a balance and i feel like if i don't force myself into like a program i won't it'll be too overwhelming to know what to take so i was like i love art history super interested would like to get deeper in this um so almost every semester i got to take an art history class. Um, so I sat in a dark room and I looked at pretty pictures for like three hours a week. Um, and it was great. And it forced me to go to all the museums in LA, um, all over the, like the different classes to look at, you know, different pieces that we have here. Um, I still go to museums, uh, all the time in LA and when I travel abroad, um, really, it's nice to have that like appreciation and be able to critically look at the pieces of art, understand how they fit in the context over time. Um, it's a skill I like. I've enjoyed having. So I, I don't think a lot of people have a full understanding of art history uh, because yeah. there's words in there that you threw around that I think are part of it, like art appreciation, but there's also the historical yeah. context of the art in which it was created, the purpose, the overall kind yes. of lasting impact of it. Can you, can you help explain what art yeah. history is? Yeah. So I think of art history as like interpreting, how, like understanding historical events and like how like a society has moved forward through the context of what art they chose to depict um so like a good example of that like if you look at uh like a good art history student can look at like three different churches and they'll be like that one was made before that one was made before that one and like why and like you know you know romanesque time you needed like scary scary god we wanted to like scare the masses to going to church like they're very scary looking and then mm -hmm, mm -hmm. start to get, like people can't read at the time so they have to like depict in pictures a lot of the stories that they're trying to tell and then you move on to like a, a nice like gothic or like baroque church and they're like beautiful and like happy and it's just like more an enlightened time it's like you look at the context of what's happening in the society through like what's happening in the art um of of the period and a lot of visual analysis so like understanding like being able to explain like the composition of a piece and like why they might have chosen those things at the time or like what materials were available to them and like how where that would have sat right. like in someone's home in a in a church in a palace like and how that all affects um what happens do you have a favorite piece or a favorite museum or a favorite artist uh, my that, favorite that... yeah my favorite artist is bernini um italian Ooh, rome yeah yeah rome um we have one bernini in la at the we getty do? a very small one yeah oh. um i wrote a paper about it when i took that class in throat class in college um so it's it's post-renaissance art it's very expressive it's incredible the texture that he can create through marble like truly astounding it looks like skin or leaves or like fabric um and, and it's really like a period of like expression and and movement and excitement um and like really decorative pieces like a lot of a lot of fountains if you're just walking around Rome are Bernini's yeah my favorite Bernini is the 
very specific angel on the Ponte San Angelo, on the Castel San Angelo, which is it's holding a cross and it looks like he's going solo on guitar. And it's the Amazing. like, <laughs> like you've seen this one, everyone's seen this one. Yeah. But yeah. I, I know it just, it's just holding this, this cross this way. And it's just, it looks like an air. So I have so many pictures of that one angel on that bridge. It's amazing. That's amazing that you have a favorite Bernini in Rome. Yeah. Well, I've been there a lot. So there's a, and there's a lot of Bernini. There's a lot of Bernini. There's a lot of Berninis to choose from. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and and this, I mean, was travel something? Because, I mean, travel, I mean, according to your Instagram, you're never at home and never at work. Um, and yeah, was yeah. travel People always... a lot. <laughs> <laughs> was, was travel part of your life all the time? Was this a recent discovery? Is it connected to art history? Because it, it's kind of come up in yeah. these, these little snippets here there. Yeah. So I've always enjoyed traveling. I traveled with my family a lot. We're a very like experience-based family. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd go to Hawaii every year. We're super active. Like I went to Italy with my mom when I was 12. Maybe that was the start of the art history mm-hmm. passion. We went to the Borghese Palace. And I was like, these are amazing. Um, I dragged her to the Uffizi and I made her read every single like plaque. Um, wow. So I always traveled with my family. Um, I think the like travel bug kicked in when I was doing Ipodia, um, because I think that that was the my first like that was my first opportunity to go somewhere that I like I didn't pick right like I was there's like and at the end of the class you're going to Korea you're going to Israel yeah. um yeah. and like some of my most amazing experiences like some of my favorite places I've ever been I, I like loved those trips. And they were not, if you said, Lisa, where would you like to go? I would have never picked them. And I think that yeah. that was really the the flip for me of like, oh, everywhere is amazing. Like I yeah. want to see everywhere. There's something of value to see, like, even if it's not somewhere that you're super familiar with, even if you're in like a small town in like the, like we weren't in Seoul, Korea, like like the main city, we were in Daejeon, like four hours outside of Seoul and like had the best time. Um, right. So I think that was like a big flip for me of like, oh, I want to see all of these like more unique places, interesting places, like small towns. I want to like see off the beaten path. And I, I mean, I've been to like major cities now too. I've been Rome, Paris, London. Um, but those aren't necessarily my favorites that I've been to now. Um, so whenever I've had the opportunity to travel for, for work or for fun, um, like where's like, where's the more interesting I can go. So, uh, through Accenture is really when I started like traveling. Um, yeah. I said, I did four trips to India for work. Um, I went to Warsaw twice for work. Amazing city. Highly recommend not going in the dead of winter if you can avoid it. Um, mm. that was cold. Um, that's when I started traveling more with my girlfriends. I went to I went on a girls' trip to Thailand. We went to New Zealand. Um, I spent a month in Malaysia for work. Um, and I always tacked on like other countries once I was there. Um, so yeah, that's when I started to be more and more adventurous. My most recent trips uh in December. My best friend got married in Uruguay. Um, I did Buenos Aires in Uruguay with her when we graduated from college. She's from there. Um, so I was like, well, where else can I see? So I backpack in Patagonia for two weeks before her wedding. Um, and then I just got back before I started this new job. I did a three-week solo trip through Central Europe. So I did Hungary, Slovakia, Slovenia, and Austria. And I went to the Formula One Grand Prix in Austria, which was really epic, uh, epic few-week trip. Uh, before starting a new job, you always have to take advantage of those breaks because they're not built into your life anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't get summer and spring break and Christmas break. (laughs) They go away when you graduate from college. So you have to, you have to force those breaks upon yourself. Uh, I've brought it up many times before, but whenever students are like leaving for a break, it's like, have a good break. I'm like, 
I don't get a break. I don't get we a don't break. Get a break. Yeah. We don't get a break. Yeah. Have, what are you doing for spring break? I'm like, I'm working. That's working. what it was spring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I get to catch up because no one's going to come. Yeah, it's finally yeah. quiet for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, put a pin in the F1 thing. I want to ask you about something. But before we get to that point, so let's, uh, you know, magic wand. I give you I, I the ability to go whenever, whatever time of year you want to go. Okay, uh, yeah. you, have a, you have a week and you can go somewhere you've never gone before. I want to know where it is and why. And also I give you another week at any time of the year to go back to a place you've been to before. Okay. Wow. That one's what, harder. What are, what are these places? Okay. My number one place I wanted to go to for a very long time is South Africa. Um, South Africa is my last continent besides Antarctica, but I feel like that one deserves to be last. So Africa is my last continent. Um, I really want to dive with great white sharks. They have some of the best wine in the world. I want to go wine tasting. I've gotten very into wine. I actually just Mm. finished my level two professional certification in wine. So I've been learning deeply about wine. Wow. Um, And I want to go on a safari and see the animals. I want to hike in South Africa. It's like a little bit of everything. There's like nature, there's city, there's wine, there's ocean, there's penguins. Have you watched the, have you watched the reluctant traveler with Eugene Levy on Apple TV? No, I keep getting the ads, but I haven't watched it yet. Tonight, tonight, go watch it (laughs) and start with the African one. Okay. Cause I think it just, I think I just showed you where you want to stay. Okay, amazing. It, it's insane. Like, first of all, the show's okay, amazing. Yes. Maya, if you haven't seen this, this show is, is fantastic. It's really cool. It's it's high luxury. So, I, I mean, the prices okay, are yeah. a little out of control, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So that's, that's my, that would be my first, like, haven't been yet dream trip. Um, Where would I want to go back to? That one's so much harder. I mean, can I take, like, a country and go to a different city? I think it'd be... It's a week. Aust- you tell me what you're doing that week. Australia. I think, I think Australia is where I'd like to go back to. That's where I went with my parents for my grad trip. Um, We went for, like, two and a half weeks when I graduated wow. from college. Um, We dove the Great Barrier Reef. We went to Sydney. We went to Brisbane and Byron Bay. So I did, like, the whole east coast of Australia. And I'd really like to go back to Australia and do Sydney again, one of my favorite cities in the world, um, and then drive the Great Ocean Road uh, to Melbourne and do Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne, and wow. tack on that Formula One race in Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. So we, we, came, we, came, we came back yeah. to it. Where does is, where is the passion and the interest for F1 racing come into yeah. play? New passion, last few years. Um, so my... For as new as it is, I've never seen anybody be as into it as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my one of my best friends from college, he did a year long internship at Red Bull Racing when we were in college. And I did not understand what a big deal that was at the time. Um, So I have friends that are very into it. Um, Two years ago, they asked me, they're like, Lisa, we have an extra ticket to the Austin Grand Prix. Would you want to come? And I was like, you know, F1's not like really my thing. I don't really know anything about it. Like I'm good. And they're like, Lisa, what part of going to a fun city with 15 of your friends to a fun event, there's concerts at it too. Yeah. It sounds like not your thing. And I was like, wow, okay, you, you caught me on that one. So I guess I'm coming to the Formula One Grand Prix in Austin. Um, and then I was like, well, I guess before I go, I should like know something about this sport. So I watched the documentary on Netflix, Drive to Survive. Uh, I think Netflix owes me a marketing stipend for how many other girls <laughs> I've gotten to watch this show. It's like, guys, come on, we're missing out. Um, I was hooked instantly. I was like, these people are so interesting for like a sport to get into. It's like pretty low stakes. There's only like one event every two weeks. There's only 10 teams and 20 drivers. And that's all you have to know. Like it's pretty huh. straightforward. It's not like if you try to learn baseball now, there's like, 200 games in a year and like 40 teams, like thousands of players, like you'll never learn it all. 
Um, so low stakes to learn. Um, but I think the thing that's really like grabbed me, like I'm an engineer. Most of my friends are engineers. They work in engineering still too. Um, so they're like, they know about the cars. And I think it's really cool to see a sport that so much money is in so much attention, like that the athleticism matters. The drivers are athletes, but the engineers matter. People know like Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen's like engineer's name. That's so cool. And if the car is not engineered well, it doesn't matter how good of a driver they are. Like that you can only overcome so much. So it's, and then the strategy really matters. Like that's the part that like really fascinates me is like watching how they, they strategize, like when to change the tires and like how to adjust the car for the conditions of the day. And like, what, how, like, how to, how, when they should go out on the track and like, how about like these minute changes, like affect the strategy as well. And all three of those components have to work together. So I think it's a really beautiful marriage of like, you know, athletes, engineering, and like business strategy, like strategy of execution, um, huh. that all have to work really That's well. Cool. So it's, it's fascinating. It sure seems like in my, in my lens, like F1 just kind of keeps coming in from the periphery from all different sides. And I'm like, because I have no, I've never been into any type of racing whatsoever. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And, and it just seems like it's hitting on all these elements, like pop culture, the Netflix stuff that's going on. There's so many movies coming out about F1. There's also so much drama in F1. Oh oh my God. The best reality show, like the the, the best reality (laughs) drama. Oh my God. It's so dramatic like the firing and the switching teams and the like espionage and like, Oh yeah. The drama too. So there's something for everyone, really, oh. whatever you're into the best sport. Okay, cool. All right. I'll check it out. You yeah. guys are giving me so many different shows to watch. Yeah. Drive this around <laughs> Netflix worth the watch. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have another question, Lisa, about um, just in general, I feel like you've done so many things, whether that be like your hobbies outside of work or with work. But um, in the future, like where where would you like to see your career go, or like what what is something you haven't done that you want to do? Those are really big questions. Wow. Um, you know, there's still so many things on my travel bucket list. I know we've said that. Uh, I think it's like continuing to learn about the things that I'm passionate about. That's something I've been working on the last couple of years. Like I mentioned, I got like a certification to learn about wine and like really be systematic about like building my education in that. And I think. You know, I've spent a lot of time building my education at work. Um, and so now I'm working on like also expanding that into my my hobbies um, as well. And I've really enjoyed doing that. So like yoga teacher certifications on my to-do list as well. Um, career-wise, so hard. I'm definitely not where I thought I would be um, in terms of my career. Um, I was at an event a few years ago and and a girl, we were. it was at a startup that I was working with and she asked... Um, my our Accenture CEO came and like talked to our customer and she's like one of the best boss ladies I've ever seen Julie Sweet such a like icon um and and this girl asked she's like how do you make a five-year plan for your career when technology changes so fast like I don't know what what jobs like my job didn't exist five years ago so how how do you plan um and I think that like her I mean her answer was really like you can't like you can't um, so that's a really hard question to answer. I've kept that mindset, um, a lot through like my career, um, about just being really open to opportunities and technologies and like a constant learner. Like that's what I hope to continue to do in my career is like being really open to learning new things and how to apply new technologies to my role to like 
stay relevant in the marketplace. Um, ideally, like I also like leading people and managing teams. I've gotten to do that a few times throughout my career. Um, and like helping younger, like people in the workforce, like build their career and find their path. Um, you know, it, it takes work and effort. I got to work with really cool clients, um, especially at my time at Accenture. Uh, but it took a long time to build that brand and like that trust there. People, people would always ask me, they're like, Lisa, how do you get on such cool projects like you're on? And I'm like, take whatever project you're given and do it well and do it with a smile on your face and like be pleasant to work with and like build a reputation. Like that's the most valuable thing you have um, is in the workforce is like your brand and your reputation. And, and so being able to like take the hard tasks with a smile, eventually you're, you're given the fun tasks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so not you're like given a, control. A, yeah. You're given, you're given the option. Like you you get, I got to choose a lot of things later in my career because multiple people wanted to work with me and like bring me onto their team. Like um, that's the best situation when you get to like, choose what you're doing next and you have options ahead of you. So um I think the biggest thing though for me is like just constantly learning and like being open minded and like staying staying up to pace and like relevant with the changes that happen and like the market and technology and, and all of the things that constantly change all the time. I did a at a stint in change management too and, mm. and you learn a lot. People don't like change. So if you're the one that's open minded to change and like willing to step up and like embrace it, like you stand out instantly in the workforce. Um, change is hard and change is scary. And 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 change can be really fun, though. Like, that's what keeps things exciting for me. So, you know, it's interesting, Maya, to, to jump in on this because Lissa says so many things that I feel like I hear myself telling older VSAs all the time. Where I wonder where I learned it from. <laughs> Um, and my listen, just to show you a little bit what's going on, Maya and I, along with the other VSA leaders, have a meeting at seven o'clock tonight to talk about the coming year. What are we going to do? And basically, (laughs) it's a giant like we're changing everything. Oh, I remember that year. It it always happens. That's the thing. I thought that year. (laughs) I said we're we're changing everything, and and Maya, it's going to be really interesting to have you listen to this conversation and then go into that talk, Mm -hmm. and you're going to see people react in that meeting that are going to be able to say like, well, what if we just did it this way? Like they're going to, they're going to, they're going to fight the change without even knowing it. And it, there is a huge difference between people like Lissa who have come up and said, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Let's figure it out. I'm going to figure out what's going on. And, and the ability for them to then get control of it down the road, to be able to be able to say like, now I can, now I know what I'm doing and I can take something on down the road. And then I'll connect something that we said later, which is, and, and it, it was coincidental at best, but where Alyssa said, you never know who you're going to have relationships with. It's a small world. And, and Alyssa in particular was part of a conversation between me and a friend of mine who's recruiting engineers from Accenture saying, who should I look at? I'm like, here's Lissa. You should look at her. And that grant, I'm not at all responsible, but it was just a side conversation and, and where that ended up taking and that, that philosophy of malleable, of flexible, and oftentimes engineers have a hard time doing that because they tend to be focused on that question, which is where will I be in five years? What will I do over here? And they keep thinking about their next steps while missing all of the action that's right in front of them, that all they need to do is just be a change agent in this moment yeah. that can have positive impact. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing, like engineers were planners, like there's a there's a process. And if you if you don't follow the process a lot in engineering and the plan and like go through all the rigorous steps, like 
people's lives are at risk. So there's a reason to like do the there steps is. and like yeah. the, the, and like that mindset of engineering of like, you have to go through the steps and the process is a good thing in a lot of cases, but being able to apply that when that is relevant and then also step back and be like, I'm open-minded to change and like willing to like step out of the process. Um, mm-hmm. It is hard, but it, it, I think it's what makes things fun. Yeah, well, I think you two have both just made this the most valuable podcast I've ever done. <laughs> this is like um, great, great advice, very timely, more context, um, Lisa. I'm going to be a senior next year studying industrial engineering. Amazing. Um, so a- everything really is up in the air. Like, what do I want to do and thinking about who I want to be, what I want my brand to be in the future. So I'm also realizing yeah. I probably I probably asked you the question I dread the most when other people are like, oh, so what's next? Um, yeah, my my answer tends to be like, we'll see. Ask me in six months. Like, I'm sure it'll change. But yeah, um, I think the other if I can give you one more as you're, as you're going through it. Oh, yeah. It's like, the other thing is there's no good decisions or bad decisions. There's just a decision. And then you can always make another decision. Like, I think that's another thing. It's like some of these decisions in your life feel so big and final and like set the trajectory for your career. And like, they're important, but like you still have so many decisions to make that like make the one that you think is going to make you the happiest. And then mm-hmm. if it's not, you can just make a different decision in the next year and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that's that. something I've struggled to learn. It's like I, I take all this time to make big decisions. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, what? it's just it's just a decision. And next week I can make a different decision, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Love that. Even in the context of college and like choosing your major, choosing what class to take, like all of those things, like yeah. seem so big up front. But um, yeah, even even in hindsight, as going into be going to be a senior, I'm realizing like so so many big decisions were not as and all as I yeah. Know. I remember some of my most influential experiences in college were things that I never planned on doing. Uh, granted, I'm not an engineer. And so people always think like, oh, yeah, whatever, <laughs> that's just you. But it, it always ends up being that way. And it's not it's not because I don't, I don't necessarily think it's like destiny, but it is, yeah. uh, it is this idea that the more you open yourself up to things at certain time periods in your life, then new pathways open up that weren't even there before. Um, yeah. And it's not to say everyone you're going to take, but things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing too, is just like, again, I know it's it's like who you're surrounded with, like the Mm -hmm. opportunities don't even come up to say yes to them unless you're surrounded by like the right people. And I, I think about it a lot. Like the people I met at USC, like still all of my best friends, like the 12 people I spend the most time with are people I met the first week of college. Like we look at it sometimes we're around and we're like, we met, we all met the second day of college. Like we just kind of looked around and we're like, Yes, we're done. Like this is all the friends I needed. <laughs> like those are the me- the people that matter. And it's crazy to think that like all my friends from USC that like I made, I'm still connected with and still friends with. They're all crushing it. Like it's not. I'm not like a. I'm not like a special person out here that's like having a successful career and like doing well. Mm-hmm. Like every single one of my friends is doing something amazing and working at other amazing companies. Like. SpaceX, Google, Meta, like what you name it, like Chevron, Pepsi, you name it, they're working at like the huge companies. And like, I think that's cool. Starting their own companies. Um, it's like being surrounded by such influential success. Like the expectation is almost like mm-hmm. you're going to do fine. And you have this net of people to like support you, even if you're, it's a tough week or a tough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
think that's what that's what makes USC so attractive like what you were saying earlier and I think I feel similarly like you feel at home you see like yeah the people that you see yourself being friends with and then it's reaffirmed when you actually are friends with them and you realize that's yeah. a really beneficial relationship yeah yeah and they, they last forever like I said I've been in all my friends weddings I'm friends with their babies now like you're, you're, you're friends with their babies yeah 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 <laughs> my friends are starting to have children um we're at that age um so i just like the idea that like you're friends with their babies like they're reaching out like what's up lizzo um, hey what's going on with you? Yeah, I, yeah i mean yeah i hang out with like i hang out with their children so um they, they really do like they're mean they, it seems again maybe this one's the opposite it's like this small decision of like who am i going to be friends with this week or who am i going to sit with yeah. at evk actually ends up being like really like lifelong impact mm-hmm. um people totally. you end up being with friends with for more than a decade now that's amazing. Cool. Lisa, I know we've taken up a lot of your time, but I wanted to make sure, was there something that you wanted to talk about or that you wanted to go over that you were hoping we would ask about? Or I think I talked about like the big things in my life. Um, I can't think of anything else that we really meant. I think the other thing, like if I give advice, like, you know, it's only four years and like take advantage of all the time and all the opportunities. Like the one thing I didn't say, I one of my favorite classes I took at USC, I took a film class. And it was so fun. And I wouldn't have gone to take something like that otherwise. And like being able to be around so many different people and have so many different opportunities is it's a gift. And it what, was what class was it? Uh, so for my art history minor, I could never fit one of the 400 level classes in with my engineering classes. The 400 level class every semester was the same exact time as like whatever core engineering class oh, I had to take. Got it, got it, got it. My last semester, they told me I could take anything related to visual analysis. Um, in another department to to satisfy the requirement. You took forty six, um, didn't you? Uh, no, I took. Oh. Uh, I don't. No, I didn't take forty six. I took. Uh, it was called analysis of film style. Tim Burton versus Wes Anderson. Whoa. And every week we watched either a Tim Burton movie or a Wes Anderson movie. And then at the end of the semester, we had to say whose style was like more defined. Like they're two of the best stylists in the film industry. Was it Tim Burton or Wes Anderson? And I went in a Tim Burton fan and I wrote my paper about Wes Anderson. So I learned wow. something in the class. What wow. I say. And so have you seen the latest Wes Anderson, Asteroid City? I haven't seen the new one yet. No, I, have, okay. I've, I was traveling when that came out and haven't had the chance. And have you seen, so it's so funny because like introducing McKay to like all these movies from back in the day. And going back through films that are so old that I haven't seen in forever, you start to see like, oh, that design for that movie way over here was already way over here. Uh, Wes Anderson's a master. It's insane. Yeah. Well, also, I was actually talking about Tim Burton, but yes, you're right. Oh, yeah. Also Tim Burton. Yeah. But like just the fact that like you go back to if you see a Tim Burton's like drawings when he was in art school or like yeah. all these different elements of when he was trying to animate for Disney and never really got it because he was too dark. But now Disney hires him to do everything. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's crazy. It's so cool to see all these different yeah. things. And, and I'm like super pumped for Beetlejuice 2. They're filming Beetlejuice where they were until the strike. But it, Beetlejuice yeah. 2 is coming out. So I'm super pumped. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it'll be a good one. All right. So uh, before you go, uh, we have a tradition of doing a quick lightning round set of questions. Are you ready for yeah. lightning round questions? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm okay. Ready. Here we go. Ready? Go. Texting or talking? Texting. Texting. Fa- favorite day of the week? Friday. Favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Chicago. 
nickname your parents used to call you? Oh, I never had a nickname. Never. Liz. Okay. Liz. Okay. Liz. Okay. Yeah. Last song you downloaded. Last song you specifically pulled up in the player to play. Oh, it's all Taylor Swift right now. Electric Touch from Speak Now, but I don't think other artists exist this year. It's just kidding. <laughs> So we're going to talk about Taylor Swift at the end of this. Yeah, we have to go to Taylor August Swift. 5th. Hold on. Which day are you going? August 4th. I said August 5th. I'm going August 4th. Friday. Maya, are you going? I'm going in Europe when I graduate. I She was oh, in Denver amazing. this weekend. I'm in Denver, amazing. but I couldn't, did not get tickets. Oh, I'm going on it August was, 8th. So it I'm... was the worst day of my life trying to get tickets. So Don't tell me, but life. do not tell me that, Paul. I, I, I shed a tear in London when I did not get the tickets. So. I, I had very little to do with it, but I am going on August 8th. Um, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Animals. Favorite holiday? Christmas. How long does it take to get you ready? Uh I can be ready in five minutes. I can be ready in an hour. It depends how much time I have. <laughs> okay, so we'll say five. Uh, scale of one, <laughs> scale of one to ten. How good of a driver are you? Oh, uh, what, what's what's good and what's bad? Which end of the scale? Ten is good. Okay, uh, like a seven. Okay. <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is the next question. Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is like a queen, a goddess. <laughs> a queen. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest artist to ever live. <laughs> At what age do you want to retire? Uh, I mean, as soon as possible. <laughs> Realistically, <laughs> like 55, but like, I don't know. I like to, I'm That's in a cool. traditional career path. Cool. Invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? No. <laughs> it's wrong for them not to eat animal crackers i didn't i didn't write the questions i oh. pulled it up once and we've asked them to everybody so i just have to be consistent i guess wait what do you want to talk uh no they usually do the same response yes. no <laughs> oh my goodness it's supposed to elicit that response wait maya what do you want to talk about taylor swift um no oh, i am so jealous that you guys are going but i'm very excited for you Paul, have you listened to the new Speak Now Taylor's version? Many times. It's what's on you, repeat your, in my house. What's your favorite from it? The 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 common refrain in my household that you can hear my daughter say throughout the house is, hey, Siri, play Taylor Swift Essentials. Oh, wait. Now it's yeah. actually doing it. Don't do it. That's <laughs> how <laughs> so we end. A little bit of the podcast music this episode. My, it's, she plays that all the time. When we get in the car, she goes, play Taylor Swift Essentials. Uh, when she goes to bed, she listens to Taylor Swift lullabies. Um, oh it God, is incredible. on all the time. Uh, and then I am forcing and I'm not forcing as much, but then I'm also doing Ed Sheeran because we're taking her to Taylor Swift at SoFi. It'll be her first concert, which we're super pumped about. So like Amazing. her first, first concert is going to be Taylor Swift at SoFi. And then, um, we also have tickets to Ed Sheeran at SoFi in September. Okay. So, uh, Amazing. we're pumped. We're, it's a, it's a, it's a, the year of concerts <laughs> for my daughter. And so That's I'm very excited. Good, those are good, good intro to concerts. I'm I really so. excited. I missed, uh, so I haven't seen Taylor Swift. I saw Fearless and Speak Now tour. I had tickets to Red, but I was actually in the hospital that night. So I missed the concert. Oh my God. Um, and I was in, I'm okay, obviously I'm here, but um, I was very <laughs> sick that night. Um, and then I was in India for Reputation tour. So mm -hmm. I missed that. And then Miss Loverfest because of COVID. So 
No. I'm really been, it's been a long time, a long yeah. time coming. Since I've seen I went those, to, but. I went to 1989. That was, that okay. was the last one I've been to. So yeah, I missed that. I don't remember where I was for that one, but I was also probably out of the country for, mm-hmm. for that one. So yeah. How, how, how are you dressing? Are you choosing an era? Uh, what's the wristband uh, situation like? What's, you know, these are the important uh, questions. I made, Oh, I have them right here. I made. Oh my god, you're already ready. You're already ready. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm ready for this. I made friendship. It's bracelets. weeks away. You're already ready. Well, I had to make of friendship course. bracelets of every era. So I have like you can't really see them as well in the video, but I made friendship bracelets that are like macrame yeah. of every era. Wow. Um, I'm still waiting on the outfit. I've ordered like a ton of sparkly dresses, but I, I'm gonna wear a pink <laughs> sparkly dress. Shocking. Which Please. which era? Yeah. Lover era? Lover, like aesthetically lover. Yeah. 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 Speak okay. now is my favorite era, but and folklore evermore. Like that was that was mm-hmm. a nice COVID surprise. But mm-hmm. um aesthetically lover is is an easy pick. Gotcha. Paul, what about you? I have a very specific thing that I want us to wear. And I've been shot down over and over and over again. And I then actually just surveyed a group of tweens. Uh, at lunch this weekend, my friend's kids about this idea, and I got shot down again with multiple eye rolls. So I'm gonna see. I think it's a genius idea. The other dad that was with me at this lunch was like, "I see what you're doing," and he was with me on it. But here's the idea: it's three different shirts. It's my. I'm wearing a shirt. My wife's wearing a shirt, and my daughter's wearing a shirt. And my shirt is a silhouette of James Dean, and it says "Daydream." And okay. my wife's shirt is red, kissy lips, and it says "Classic." And yeah, my daughter's yeah. shirt says we never go out of style. Yeah. I mean, it's cute. I get it. You get it, but it's not, it's not, it's, it's not cute. appropriate. Like I certainly got. It's I got, very appropriate. I just, I want to wear a pink sparkly, frilly yeah. feather dress. <laughs> not a lot of opportunities to wear that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what we're doing. I mean, we're going with another friend uh, and their daughter. And so I think the girls are going to do something together, yeah. wear something together. Yeah. And I think we're mm-hmm. just kind of, we're, we're, we're the chaperone. So we're not really. You gotta, you gotta wear something. I think the, the most, the most creative thing I saw was some some guy dressed up as one of her cats, and apparently she oh, really liked good. it. I think he got that's to meet good. her, but that that was cute. Yeah. It's like yeah, cool cat suit. I can't, I can't let my daughter hear this because then she will want to do that, and that's cool not. Cat suit. She'll want you. She'll want you to do that. I think it's what my my daughter wanted to wear. She wanted to wear a shirt that says <laughs> "Karma is a cat." Oh, that's cute. That's so. I don't know. Uh, and then I said, then my retort was, okay, cool. I'm going to, you're not with me on this in a family costume and I'm going to wear my own. And it's going to have this like big red scarf around it and says, I still have it. Wow. That's a good one. Bold. <laughs> well, I like okay. it. Wait, hold on. You said that's a good one. And then you took the list of the route that I got told this weekend that it was disrespectful. Like I, <laughs> that's I what I was told. Bold. I said it's bold. <laughs> you said, you're going to get some like pictures taken. I feel like people are going enjoy it it might be kind of hot though no not yeah. a scarf i'm gonna like print it on the shirt like i'm gonna make it look yeah. like it's a scarf yeah i feel like that because i would not wear a shirt. scarf to a yeah. Yeah. August, august concert yeah. and outdoor concert in LA. Yeah. <laughs> i had a i had a birthday party where we dressed up my 40th birthday party where we dressed up and the outfit i chose was in it was in August and was reluctantly like sweats. And I was like the worst, not the worst time of my life, but I was so hot because I was yeah. wearing sweats and, but it was, it was required for the outfit. It had to be that way. And yeah. it was just an I, interesting concept. 
I get it. I also do costume birthday parties still for the most part. I've like seen, Potter. I've seen. Three years ago, last year, I did, um, I did, oops, I did it again. I did, I did a Britney's themed party. You could dress up as your favorite Britney, but I wore, oops, I did it again. And the full jumpsuit was very warm. Uh, mm-hmm. And this year I did, uh, I did Mario Kart. We went go-karting and I made my friends all dress up as That's Mario Kart awesome. characters. And it was epic. It was great. I, I need to have a themed birthday party now. Yeah. Once Every- we, I was like, you stop dressing up after you like graduate from college. Yeah. So Not me. We're dressing up again. We're still dressing up. I have a whole costume box we gotta use. Yeah. Theme, my theme parties are the only way to make little glimmers of happiness in your week as you go along. Yeah, it's depressing, Paul. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I I will. I love a good themed party. Yeah, actually, my roommate and I we have this whole list of like senior year themed parties, and there are, there are at least twenty themes right now. So we'll we'll see. Busy year. Yeah. My my senior year. So I've always been a fan of theme parties, and it's it's been kind of an addiction. I think similar to to Lissa and my my senior. I graduated in the year two thousand, right? So this is that's how old I am. And I remember senior year, spring semester, senior year. Friends of mine, we had a party. <laughs> and the party was 90s themed. Like <laughs> we're no longer in we're no longer in the 90s. So come dress 90s style when it's literally three months into 2000. Yeah. And so it was this whole thing like, what do we what what was the 90s like? What do we do? And so a bunch of us just went back and got like our high school like athletic jerseys. Like, well, we all yeah. played sports at high school. So like and then we all just showed up as like high school baseball players, high school wrestlers, like just kind of showed up like, Hey, this is, this was us in the nineties. That's probably That's the amazing. worst theme party I've ever been at, but it was really funny. At the time. Well, now, now, uh, the American girl doll generations doll is the nineties. And I'm like, yeah. we're not that old yet. So like, well, no, like, me, why does she have a Tamagotchi? And <laughs> I, I even had a Tamagotchi and I'm not nineties. Yeah. I'm like, no, the, the 2000s. The show we watched last night with the Netflix show Is It Cake? Do you guys watch that? No. Oh, oh yes, yes. No, I have seen that. It's so realistic funny. looking cakes. Yes, you don't yes, know which yes, one's yes, cake, yes, which I one's real. One. Yeah. The, they have each episode's a theme, and last night was the nineties. And so it was like and there were there's people competing and they had like so like they were like make make a VCR, make a Walkman, make yeah. uh like these things. And there was half the group had no idea what these things were. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what is that? I'm like, that's a VCR. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, an uncovered memory deep in my brain. Not that deep for me. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of VCRs. I still have every Disney movie on VHS. Oh, do you really? Like when they came out of the vault? Like the big yeah, white boxes? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the big white boxes. Yeah, my mom still has all of them. Wow. We don't have a VHS player, but we have all the VHSs. <laughs> <laughs> See if they go well on eBay. Yeah. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm so really fun. thankful. No, I'm really thankful for you sharing your story and 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 more specifically, um, really helping students kind of understand not only this pathway, but also how it takes lots of turns and 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 where you want to go and how to be one of the most successful people is uh how you know 
malleable and 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 then as a result of that how skillful you end up being as a result of that i think people don't think that skill and 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 flexibility kind of go together but they they really really do so i really appreciate the help and i will always thank you Lisa, because uh you were the organizer when my daughter was born that you organized gave one of our first gifts i ever got uh and and maya you'll like this my daughter got a vsa onesie uh, that Lissa made or had made at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so that was really, really, really cute. I was touched then, still touched to this day. So I really appreciate it. And it's strikingly weird, Lissa, how much McKay is like you. It's almost <laughs> like I need to like put her into a mentorship program with you because if she could become <laughs> half, half the person that you've become, it would be amazing. So lots <laughs> of overlap, you. lots of overlap in your, in your life so far. Amazing. Well, thank you for having me. It was an honor to be here. Thanks, Lissa. Thank have a great night. Thank you. All right, everyone. And we're back. Paul, thank you. Thank you for um, having Alyssa on the podcast. I don't know how you always choose uh, the best people to come on the podcast. Like I'm just thoroughly entertained anytime I get to talk to them. So but what does that process look like? Like do you just have this master list of people that you've met that are super cool. Um, kind of, uh, mm-hmm. it's in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and the easy answer is that the grand majority of them were VSAs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when, when people apply to be VSAs, not everybody gets it. When people are very successful, not everyone's successful as a VSA. Most people are, but some people rise to leadership in VSAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just, you know, people that, you create relationship with relationships with and then in the back of my head as we come up to like thinking about alumni um i have somewhat of a list in my head there's some people that kind of like pop up that i forget about my, oh my god we have to talk to that person let's talk to that person mm-hmm. um but i also try to keep a certain distance in years uh so i, I try not all the time because if you go back and listen i'm hopping around on grad years a little bit um but i tend to find uh, I tend to kind of zero in on a particular year each year just to kind of see where everybody is in that particular element, because it's exciting sometimes to hear somebody who just graduated. It's exciting. It's it's often not exciting to hear somebody who graduated 20 years ago, <laughs> um, but there's, there's a middle group in there between seven and 15 that I think is, is really exciting. And, and this is someone that I've always wanted to have on. And I have a whole bunch of others that are in the back of my head. It all comes down to scheduling as well, but. I don't, I don't, I don't have a magic list, but thank you for that. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They select themselves basically is really the answer. They select themselves. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And for all the listeners, Paul has even more interviews lined up, some already done. So um, yeah. exciting things to look forward to for this next semester. I should have mentioned that there. Like all the, yeah. the cool I sure, alumni. Yeah, right. I don't want to, I don't want to promise too much, but yeah, we got some good ones coming. We got some good ones coming for sure. Uh, not to say that Lisa wasn't. Uh, and I loved your intro in the beginning. Um, Harry Potter. Uh, authentic engineering <laughs> identity, uh, Taylor Swift. Um, these were these were key bullet points in the conversation that that I even forgot about when, since we did the recording. So, thank yeah. you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I I like as we were recording it, I made these notes. I was like, oh, I'm gonna put this in a title. Put this <laughs> yeah, in it yeah. somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but every every message that she said was really good. I think I mentioned this in the podcast, but it was like it was super valuable for me to hear in this moment in my life where I'm just considering what I want to do. Um, very very encouraging to hear her path and um, all the different advice and choosing what you want to do. Awesome. Uh, did we talk about 
the Barbie movie with her? Oh man, I think we did because I, I think she she she, she was wearing all pink. Yeah, we mentioned that. So I think she had said, "Oh, actually, I don't think the Barbie movie came out at that point." It hadn't. Mm-mm. This is great so podcast material where I'm thinking silently. Um, <laughs> because I, the, one of the other things too is that like she, we follow each other on Instagram. So I, I know she's seen it and I know what she mm-hmm. did. And she, as usual, as you listen to this episode, she gathers groups of people together. It's a big deal and everything. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And then I just saw it. And that's all I want to talk about right now is all I want to talk about is the Barbie movie. Have you seen the Barbie movie? I have tickets for Tuesday. So no spoilers, but um, I have heard a bunch about it. And bunch I of won't, I won't spoil it at all because it is, it is an experience. Um, and what's really interesting is that in a future episode, we're about to talk to with a nuclear engineer, uh, which you haven't listened to yet. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you listen to the recording I sent you, um, we talk about Oppenheimer. And so I saw in the last couple of days, I've seen Oppenheimer and I've seen Barbie and all I want to do is talk about these things, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody because this is the most in-depth two movies I've ever seen in recent times. And there's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's occupying so much space in my brain. I can't get it up. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's like, it's pretty cool parallelism too, with between like a nuclear engineer talking about Oppenheimer. And then like, if it had come out, we definitely would have talked about the Barbie movie with Lissa. So this is almost like our own Barbieheimer premiere right now. Barbenheimer. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to, I think we need a bonus episode with Lissa to talk about Barbie because once people have seen it, there's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. That we touched on in this episode without talking about Barbie, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, I can't, I try, I'm trying to talk about something without talking about something, which is the one you're seeing. I know. I'm like, please don't. Stop. I've been doing so well, like trying to stay off social there's, media. Like nobody tell me. It, it's just a really good movie. It's just really deep. It's it's just, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of levels to it. And, you know, like we, we saw it with my daughter and she got one takeaway from it. And my wife and I got completely different takeaways from it. And it's just, it's going to be something that over time is going to have even more to mm-hmm. it, which is really, really cool. Um, Anyway. I, I, I'm glad you enjoyed talking to Lissa. I hope you enjoy our future episodes. I'm trying to schedule some other people, so that'd be really cool. Um, the I don't even know what else to talk about now. Seriously, all I want to talk about is Barbie or Oppenheimer, and that's all. <laughs> it's all I want to do with my life right now. The 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 intro outro next week is just going to be like 30 minutes of us talking about the Barbie movie. Maybe we should have like a maybe we should put together a little like a small panel of current engineering students. And that, that could be really fun. Barbie Oppenheimer, Barbie times Oppenheimer times engineers. And we just have a little chit chat session about it. And it's USC. So we're all like, I don't know. We got, we got a good cinema school. Some of us, I took screenwriting. Well, it has nothing to do with appreciation of film. Yes. But yeah, like, the, yeah, yeah, if you've even taken those things, like I would love to hear mm-hmm. like from a screenwriting perspective, mm-hmm. how you write each of these movies. Cause they're very interesting. Um, and yeah. they all have kind of embedded IP for lack of a better term, there's the IP of Barbie and there's the actual story of American Prometheus that was adapted to become this movie uh, for Oppenheimer. Cause you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet either. Have you? No, no. Oh my so, God. So I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm working on it. <laughs> I get it. Don't worry about it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm just at a weird time right now where mm-hmm. I have time to see these and it all oh. worked out quite well. Um, and yeah, please go see them. And then mm-hmm. let's put together a little chit chat session, make a bonus episode okay. and just bonus bonus episode. I'm yeah, I'm here for I don't it. have to be part of it. I would love to be, but if you guys want to do it, like I would love to to chat about it because it is it's seriously like racking my brain. Like I'm staying up late thinking about these things. So it, it, it's a really interesting movie. 
set of movies. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's go back to the topic. So Viterbi Voices, we're back, season nine. And as you can tell, I am way out of practice. I didn't do a great intro. I'm very wobbly in my thoughts. I'm not putting together good stuff. Thank God Maya's prepared and ready to go. Hopefully I will be better next week. Uh, and next week we will be back as a little bit of a teaser. We'll, we'll be back with a primer to the application season for anyone that's going to be uh, applying for fall 2024 as first year transfer students. We'll have a little bit of a primer on the application, a little bit of tidbits and conversation and FAQs related to that, that we will launch next week. And until then, anything else we want to talk about, Maya? I don't want to cut you off. I just realized I was wrapping it up. No, no. I was just going to say, I think you're too hard on yourself, Paul. Like it, we, we're here to give the authentic voice of the Turby. And, you know, yeah. we're not we're not rehearsed every day, but that's okay. I just I just know I'm out of practice. And all I'm thinking about is Barbie. And I think that's the problem. <laughs> Barbie's in my okay. head. Barbenheimer. Well, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get Barbenheimer out of your head. We'll get the thoughts, <laughs> get the thoughts in an episode. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all very much. We will uh, see you next week. Bye.